What's going on? It's Mario, Final Approach. We are joined today by Dan Compton. You've heard him before on the, I guess we'll call this like a podcast, a video, uh, like a, a helping hand mm-hmm. of ammo from Federal. And so, so your actual title is? I'm the Global Product Lane Director for Shotgun Chills. And then I work for Vista Outdoor, which not a lot of people know is a mainstream name. Correct. But basically, I'm the head product guy for Federal, Remington, and Heavy Shot shotgun shells. All owned? By Vista Outdoor. By Vista Outdoor. So, so we, that's everything. Yeah, we divide our categories up into, you know, I think rifle, handgun, so on. I'm shot shell. And then I've got a couple guys that you know one. Scott Turner yep. works underneath me. Yep. And then he kind of lives and breathes the Federal and Heavy Shot brands. And then Ronnie Evans handles Remington. Right. And so and it's my job to kind of look at that. And, you know, we're always, as product guys, get the right product to the market at the right time. Right. right. And, you know, just like you're living it with, with Final Approach. You know, it's, it's the same. You have we to. We kind of do the same things for, for just different brands, different companies. Yes. And then, you know, because we do have, you know, we got products in Federal and that, have, that are kind of direct competitors with Heavy Shot and direct through so, so I try to look at it, like, how can I strategically compete with myself to take on the market and do the best we can out there. Right. And you're also trying to not have, like... You know, you don't want heavy shot beating Remington, beating Federal. Like, you need to place everything so everybody has its place in the market. So yeah. you're maximizing, like, all of it. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, with a brand like Heavy Shot, because, I mean, they're, you know, how they get started, like, shooting ducks, right? It's it's 90% waterfowl focused, and turkey, they're a little bit in there. Right. So they're trying, you know, how do you grow a brand like that? You got to expand in the upland. So, well, if I do that, you know, I don't want the expense of some of my own, you know, like Remington or Federal, which yes. are well known for that. So then I'm going after the other guys. You know, how do yes. we grow? How do we grow each of these brands at the expense of, of someone else? And the goal is, you know, good price, good product. How do you eat? How do you not eat your own hand? That's right. <laughs> and sometimes that may happen. You know. Well, but, it's uh, impossible to yeah. have 100 mm-hmm. percent like not be competing. Like you are in the same categories. Yeah. Like there's yeah. So and there, you know, there's some areas where you know you look at the, you know the the 12 density tungsten stuff like federal we don't have any offering like that in the right lineup. but remington has wingmaster hd legacy product they've had for a long time and yes heavy shots got heavy 12 great products right, right? so at federal i look at it and say maybe i can just let them have that space and, and don't then, enter you know, that and then we'll you know we'll go after it a different way and Do try something. to keep premium steel going we've got bismuth and we've got some tss We've got TSS waterfall load heavy shot. Doesn't have that. Correct. So you know there might be spots where we all need the same thing, but I don't. I don't think we need to dilute. You know, there's certain markets that you know can can hold that much product, but for the most part, you know, there's other lanes where it can't hold yeah. that much. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. So probably one of the main things that guys are always asking, um, you know, and listen, I'm, we were just joking about this before we started, but listen, I'm not the, I'm not the, I'm not the pellet count guy. I'm not the guy who tells you there's this much powder in there. Like, that's not me. Like, I know like what shotgun I have dialed in, what choke I have dialed in and what I'm shooting for whatever I'm shooting like that. I'm dialed in. So, you know, guys always ask, well, you know, I'm going to shoot big geese. What should I shoot? I'm shooting teal early season. What should I shoot? I'm shooting snows. You know, what do I want to do? You know, I always go back to the same thing that I was just like taught. And I always, I'm always saying I'm staying fast. I'm staying 1550 if I can, or very close. Um, And I don't want to switch off that. Like I don't want to go to 1550 and drop all the way back to 1350 
because then I'm really changing my lead and I'm, it's really going to take me time to adjust Sure. and probably time that I don't have when I'm on a hunt somewhere. So I'm going to be a mess. Yeah. So I always say, if you're shooting a certain speed, try to stick with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and just on a lead and a, just a, you know, it's your, your reaction shooting your, you know, you're not aiming a shot. I mean, you're not aiming a shotgun. You're coming up and pulling through and shooting. You're yeah. you're yep. doing your mm -hmm. rhythm, right? So I don't ever want to break my rhythm. Some guys do, and they just know how to change. I'm just not. I'm not that guy. So if I was going to say anything, I would say stay feet per second. Some guys say I'm going to stick with my pellet count. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, let's start. So if I'm going to do. Like, and, and, and listen, we got a cheat sheet because like, there's a lot of pellet counts to understand. <laughs> sure. yeah. So, so like, you know, probably the number one is twos. Like everybody probably shoots twos the most. That's what like, you know, when you talk to the guys at Rogers and they're selling ammo, it's twos, three inch twos. So on, on a pellet count on three inch twos, what are we, what are we talking about? Like a three inch ounce and a quarter. Yep. So you, you. If you're doing 1550s, like yes, you like to 100%. Shoot, you're, a, you're a blue box 1550. I, I am a 100% speed yeah. shock. So you got 141 pellets. Okay. Right? And then what? And then there's ounce and an eighth, right? Yeah, so that's ounce and an eighth. Okay. If you jump up to an ounce and a quarter, 156. So you're gaining another 15 or so pellets in there. So you're going to fill, typically, like your rule of thumb, you shoot a pattern, right? Right. Your odor, your odor, the size of your pattern is about the same. Right. As you start dropping in pellet sizes and add pellets, you're starting to fill the pattern in a little bit. Correct. Um, bigger pellets will fly more true. Go pattern some double Bs and go pattern some sixes. Right. Double Bs are going to probably be pretty tight and right. sixes will start to open up. It's just right. the size of the object warrants, it'll, re, it'll react to resistance easier. Like a, an object in motion stays in motion. Correct. You know, the bigger that object is, try to stop a freight train or try to stop a Nerf football. Right. You know, the Nerf's going to slow down and be a lot easier to stop. Right. So it's kind of, that's kind of where the pellets and the speed can come from. You know, pellets are what kills. So if you want a round full pattern, you know, you add more pellets. Right. You, usually you got to sacrifice some speed for that because, right. you know, we're playing within the system that relies on boom, it goes off, the pressure builds, 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 and then the shell opens up and the ammo it, goes it out. Goes. That pressure limits, you know, there's there's kind of rules we agree to as an industry to keep it safe that we don't Correct. want to push this. Yes. So if you're gonna go, you can go, that's why an ounce and an eighth is typically 1550, an ounce and a quarter is that 1400 to 1500 price range. And, you know, you, you might start to see some, you know, you're over pressuring and pushing too far. But the heavier load you go and the faster you start to push it, the more you're gonna feel it here. Correct, right? like it's gonna kick, there's no doubt. Yeah. So I mean that that ounce and an eighth versus ounce and a quarter, you said that's only 15 yeah. pellets. Yeah, and a two, it's not that. Right, so you're only extreme. talking 15 pellets. And then what's the drop in feet per second on that? Mm -hmm. What did you say, like you were coming down just uh, so a little? You'd be going 100 feet per second. So you'd be going from 1450 to 1550 to, to 1450, right, we'd be yeah. dropping, so. Mm -hmm. You know. So, you know, your 1550 is going to cover ground a little quicker. Sure. Right? You don't need as much lead. That's right. That is like, and that's where I stay. I stay yeah. in my wheelhouse. I know how I can, I know what I need to do, where I need to pull through. It's not like I don't aim. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. go, I don't yeah. go, oh, I'm getting, I just literally pick up the gun and I just fall, go right through the bird and I just pull and I'm, I'm, that's it. Yeah. Like I'm just used to that. So I try not to. And even when I go, if I'm going to shoot like BBs, 
You know what I mean? I still try to say, stay at, like if I can stay within 50 feet per second, 1500 to 50, I'll stay there. Cause mm -hmm. that, I don't see much of a difference in my lead or what I'm doing there. Yeah. So I'll try to stay there. So, so if we're going like BBs, so let's talk, let, let, let's go that route. So I'm going from twos to BBs. Like what's my, so what's my pellet count on BBs? So, and if we're doing just regular speed shock, we're going. So in an ounce and an eighth, so like 1550 fast. Like right, because we were one. So this is where you start to see a difference. So you're going from, you know, twos is going to be a payload 141. Right. And you're dropping down to 81. So you're giving up 60 pellets. Yeah. You know, so again, your outside spread is about the same. Yes. You know, maybe a little tighter, but, but you got just, bigger you're projectiles. Really, yeah. You're really missing. You do got better projectiles when, when they hit, you're going to have They're, more energy. Correct. But you're giving, you're giving up some pellets and that may affect, depending on what choke you use, you know. Well, that's what we're going to talk next. We come Absolutely. Into like, you know, shot string, right? So yes. As shot flies through the air, it's, it's a column. You know, I actually heard referred to one time by a writer. He's called, it was like, a, imagine a slinky flying through the air. You know, it's okay. not, it's not like this wall of shot. Right. It's, because it, it's, it extends out to some period and it's kind of like, it's a globe of shot flying through the air. Right. It might be, and he said slinky because some things may be speed, may be slowing down at different phases. And with the swing, that's going to probably change how it releases out of the barrel a little bit. There's no doubt. And then like shot strength for everybody is your first pellet to your last pellet. How long does that stretch out? Mm -hmm. You know, and... And I've always been the believer in a uh, like a like a a wad cutter choke. Like I always shoot a powder master because that's what I'm used to, right? So that cuts the shot string down. Mm -hmm. Now that may screw up some guys because you know, like you're talking about when you put it on paper, mm -hmm. everything gets there. Yes. So yeah. you can't. But I always tell guys if you really want to see your pattern, shoot a cripple on the water. Yeah. And absolutely. see how long mm -hmm. your shot string is. You'll see it. Like you'll see it stretch mm -hmm. out. So. Whereas like with a wad cutter or a choke like that, where it's, where it's keeping everything, your shot string shorter, it's like a depth charge. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a bomb going off versus a long, you know, string of pellets going over. Now, some guys shooting wise, that might not work because they're used to swinging through a bird and maybe cutting a couple pellets, hitting the bird. You know what I mean? In that long string and a bird flies through and you're going to hit them. Yeah. So you're going to probably have better success shooting more birds that way. But I'm on the other side where I don't want to just hit them. I want to, I want to, I just want to kill them right then and there. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to have cripples. Mm -hmm. Like we want to kill them. We want to, we want to kill them dead and get it over with. So when you cut that shot string down, you're, you're actually kind of, I don't want to say handicapping yourself with, less pellets at that object but you you i mean that's exactly kind you're, of what you're doing you, you are because then your lead becomes all that much more apparent right? that's you right have to be you got to be a little more spot on with your lead we, we just right. had this conversation last week at the office we were, we were talking about it's 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 an adjacency so think of target shooting right right like a 16 yard trap shooter a lot of those targets are either going straight away or slightly at an angle right so you know one of the guys at work he said he was told you can shoot any choke you want when you're shooting trap as long as it's full you know, and so, you know, and the, the reason for, but we're like, well, that seems like so much overkill because the, the target's going away. You don't yes. necessarily need like a longer shot string 
at an, at an away going target. So imagine, a, you know, you know, hopefully we're not shooting at ducks, they're going away, we're shooting them as they're coming at us. Correct. You know, or but, even if they're passing, yeah. right? So then when you go to passing or hard crossers, that's where your shot stream is going to probably become more effective. And then so it was kind of like the discussion between a trap shooter and a sporting clay shooter, where you're shooting all kinds of different scenarios. Yeah. And a lot of sporting clay shooters are going for, well, they want the longer string to give them all the more opportunities so that as that shot through. is ripping through the air, you got a chance to cover the target as it's, you know, there's, there's two things I think of when like you're, you're, you know, we're talking about shot strength and I think of like, like if you've watched any military films where they got tracer rounds mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. and literally you can, you can, you can watch the tracer rounds go, right? Especially like say out of like a helicopter or like when they put the big guns out and it's just going and you see the tracers going you see that line of if like if say they're trying to shoot down a plane or something mm -hmm. like you see them trying to get ahead yeah, you know what i mean and you see it so and like shot string is like that whole deal like you're trying to pull ahead and have that bird fly right through your shot string and get them so like it's like cracking a whip like you, you want that whip to just like come out and him to go through so having like a a, a tighter choke or that wad cutter style choke like it doesn't make you a better shooter right off the bat because you are handicapped having a shorter shot string and not as many pellets just winging out there. So I always tell guys, if you're gonna go to something like that, you need to shoot it and get used to it because it's not your normal shot string and just pulling through a bird and you're gonna cut them with some pellets. So it is totally different. So with that said, if you start coming down in pellets, now you're, now you're really cutting yourself yeah, down. You really, you know, your, your lead just has to be that much more precise it has to be right on the right it has to be right on the money and you have mm -hmm. to be used to it mm -hmm. and you have to be able to shoot it and be on yeah. so and, i always talk about and that and you nail it there, there's honestly and the only way to learn is to shoot like you gotta shoot and you shoot and shoot and it's not exactly the same but i've always said like i i don't i had i went many years where i shot sporting plays league and then i didn't and then every year that i've shot all summer my fall i've like started the season like where i need to be you know, right. As opposed to I'm a few hunts in and now I'm starting to and, you know, and you know, I'm not the greatest shooter where I just pick up any shotgun and go out and just, you know, automatically kick ass. But, you know, I've always been okay enough. But and I it's can, time. I can just tell. I'm just more polished. And it's like, you know, I remember when I was playing football back in, back in the day and that first week of practice, you ball snaps, you pull, I'm running down the line. It's just chaos, right? Halfway through the season everything's slowed down, right? You run it on, it's almost like you're watching it in slow motion. It's the same when you're out there and you know, you, you hunt every day damn near during the duck season, right? You know? so, it's practice, it's yeah. like game time every day. So you're picking that bird out of the flock where you know, if somebody's not hunting as often or the shoot as often, they're just seeing the flock. There's, know, there's, no, there's no doubt, like yeah. it, it, practice makes perfect in anything no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So, so, you know, my thing is always to you know, like I said, stay at my feet per second. Other people might might bounce around. They might say, you know, hey, I'm gonna shoot, you know, I'm gonna shoot threes at ducks. That's going maybe 15, 1550, but then for, for bigger geese that maybe are moving a little slower, right? I can afford to go down to, you know, say I switch to black cloud like BBs. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go, you know, heavy duty. Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go shoot cranes and I want to shoot like we did it a couple of years ago. Like, I'm like, I know what it takes to kill them. I don't, I've never seen anything with more will to live than a crane. <laughs> Honestly, I've never They're seen tough. it. And They're it's like, tough. 
And it's like, I told the guys, I'm shooting TSS because I'm going to put the hammer down. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't want to chase any. I don't want to, like, wrestle any. Like, I don't want the dog to go out and wrestle any. Like, you're just, like, looking at that, and I'm just going, I want to... And I know what it takes to kill them. Like, I've seen them take, like, like body shots, head shots, and just, like, sail out. Like, I can't even believe it. So I'm just like, I'm going TSS. Yeah. So... So let's so let's go to like Black Cloud and say like are are is the Speed Shock versus Black Cloud pellet counts very similar? Yeah. Like if are. we're going to it, it's pretty it's within a few pellets. Okay. We, so you know you got the you got regular round pellets, but then you had the flight stopper pellet. It correct. does add a little surface area, but it boils down. To but it's pretty pieces. it's pretty damn close. Yeah. And then as far as feet per second on let's say Black Cloud versus Speed Shock. We're pretty close on that as well. Yeah, there's, they're pretty pretty close. There's uh, we've got the standard black cloud, you know the you know what, what was launched first. Yep. What's kind of our bread and butter? Ounce yep. and a quarter, fourteen fifty. Yep. And then our high velocity is actually an ounce and a quarter, sixteen thirty-five. That so thing little, is moving. So it's a little faster than that the, thing's moving than the fifteen fifty of the yes. of the speech. That thing's moving, and I think we've shot that a bunch on some snows. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, if they're coming in and like it's chaos and maybe you might have to take a little taller, you want it out there fast. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we've definitely done on that. And you know, I know, I know some outfitter guys too that they, they prefer to have their client shoot faster shells. And the, the belief is that most people are behind them, you know, right? When and you I, can watch it, yeah, I see myself, you know, when I when I miss or when I usually. You know, I, I you're usually not to, ahead. Yeah, I translate more to sporting <laughs> clays, right? And right. Like I missed the first shot, the second one I'll swing harder, and I got it. You know, and, and on a hunting scenario, I, I think I think almost all of us are always behind. behind the bird. Yeah, it's like a warning shot, like, yeah. and you see it, like, like I watched some guys, like, like a week or so ago, we were somewhere, and a bird comes through, and it's right on the water, and you see the see the first person pull up and shoot, and and I'm yelling. You're behind it. You're behind it. Get ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can totally see the bird and it just goes, shoo, and you're like, get ahead, get ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you're right. Like nobody's ever like mm-hmm. ahead of, um, of the first one that you just kind of blow it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The only time I've seen that is like when birds, like if you have some mallards dump in and all of a sudden they're like hovering and then somebody stands up and they're like, they're like putting lead on something that you shouldn't put sure. a lead on because yeah, yeah. then you'll see them, you'll see them shoot. And you'll see like, <laughs> I always see the one mallard, like he'll be, he'll be going and all of a sudden he'll go like this. He'll try to pull some matrix stuff, right? So, so you see him rear back and his head ducks down and, and literally it goes right by. So that's one of the times that you are ahead. So you got to look at that and just kind of laugh. But I think you're right. Like for the most part, guys are behind. And that's just a practice and a lead thing and knowing you know, knowing what to do yeah, and knowing what to shoot and, and, and your lead because, you know, listen, the, the days of, you know, like dropping off at a hunt camp and going in and, and I, I would tell this all the time when I would talk about chokes and some other stuff in ammo, you know, you'd see some guy with like, and he'd have a bag or a, a, a container of just shells and there's, you know, it looks like a Christmas tree. There's red and green ones in there and blue ones in there. And yeah, like he's got like, I don't even know what he's shooting like. And he's like, you know, jamming them in and whatever, one's going 1550 comes, right? and one's going 1300. Sure. And then the next one. So it's like, I'm ahead on the first one and then I'm behind and then I'm way behind. So it's like, yeah. you're never going to, there's no way you can do that. And I, and I think guys today and gals have been way more 
uh, taught more. Like there's so much more information. So they're better educated on, hey, listen, don't mix your feet per second up. You're just going to kill yourself. It's mm -hmm. like if you load three shells and they're all different speeds, yeah. you're, you're, you're already gonna, at a you're disadvantage. You're a mess. And, and there's subtle differences, right? Like, you know, again, in sporting clays, or there's a discipline in sporting clays called feet task. And V-Task is kind of a certain setup that you're certain. And they're you typically long-range targets. So they've always ran fast. And it used to be an ounce and an eighth, a 1330. You can shoot whatever fast you want, however right. recall however, you can right. handle. Right. But think 1350, and then we're talking lead. And then V-Task said, well, these guys are getting too good at it. So we want to drop the shot size down. So they dropped it down to one ounce. And people kept kind of the same speed, and right. scores got better. So then they dropped it down to seven eighths, the same speed, scores got better. Now, if you think you got less of a payload that you're pushing as hard, right. you're not getting as much recoil. So your barrel rise is dropping now, right. and you can get back on the bird. On the bird quicker. So now they've kind of settled and gone back to one ounce. So that's kind of like, you know, if you're gonna- So shoot, that didn't work. Yeah, so if you're gonna shoot a, um, if you're gonna shoot a 12 gauge really fast, or, you know, that's like a lighter load may help you shoot better. So if you shoot a, a um, like two and three quarter shells, you know, yes. they don't get a lot of, you know, three inches kind of king on everything. There's no doubt. But you can take a two and three quarter inch shell that slowed down maybe 50 feet per second faster than a three inch counterpart on an ounce and an eighth. Right. And you're probably going to feel less recoil and you're going to probably be able to get a quicker follow-up shot. Because you're on you target. Might be a better shooter. Yeah, you might, you might be, like you said, three inches king. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ran into a two and three quarter inch shooter in a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember my dad shooting, I, I'll, I, I mean, I vividly remember as a kid, it was like two and three quarter inch number fives. Yeah. And I would just be, I would just, you know, I didn't know it then, but I'd just be watching ducks just get wrecked. Sure. <laughs> early, so, yeah. For me, early Minnesota duck season, a lot of wood ducks, you know, up there. I'm, I'm like a black cloud, threes or fours, two and three quarter. Months, yeah. Thousand eighths is one of my favorites. Because you don't want to hammer. I mean, you, you, you want to try to like cook them. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't want to like cook them on the spot. Yes. So you don't want to, you don't want to have overkill. You know what I mean? So, um, so when we talk about that stuff, like I said, I always go back and forth on the speed and this and that, but some guys are a pellet count guy. Like we talked mm -hmm. about, um, some guys want to like go like our like super speed. Like, so on the, like on the Remington side, you guys are pushing speed on that. The hypersonic. Yeah. 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 And that's like, you know, 1,700 feet. You know? That's pushing. Remington really, there was a time, you know, like when, when steel came on and it first started, it was really slow. Oh, yeah, there's no and, doubt. It was a mess. Yeah. It when just it was, had a knock. And I, I kind of like where we're at as an industry now because, you know, the, the next generation, it's almost like the second generation of hunters coming up since all that stuff was tried in the 90s. Some of it's kind of faded away. Yes. You know, and then it was like speed, 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 speed. And I think Remington kind of pushed it to the top, like where you shot it and guys are like, wow, we're killing birds. But man, that, that really hurts. It's, <laughs> it's know? kicking a little yeah. like, but there's people that just swear by it. You know, that just absolutely swear. Listen, whatever works for you, do it. You know what I mean? If it's that, if it's, you know, if it's pellets, is it speed? Is it, you know, whatever it is, like whatever works for you and you're dialed in, that's why there's so much on the market. Like you can look through and you can find anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever you're doing, speed, pellet count, size, like whatever you want to do, it's there. There's something there. Um, like just so like a funny little story, but there was a guy a long time ago in the duck club that I got at the house, right? So 
he was loading his own. Now this is before the hypersonic, right? And he was like saying that he's got these shells and it's like coming out like 1700 plus. Now this is like, I'm talking like some mad scientist stuff, right? It would be like sunny outside and you would see fire coming out of the barrel, <laughs> right? And he shot like an old pump shotgun. And I literally sat by him one day, the one day he, he was loading and, and had it. And I was like, I will never sit by that guy ever again. Yeah. Like it was, everything about it was so abrasive. And I'm like sitting there going like, listen, this is not a scientist guy. This is not a guy working mm -hmm. at an ammo company, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he's going to blow his gun up. Like something bad is going to happen. I don't know if anything ever did, but I was like, I'm not sitting sure. there because I just see the potential of something going wrong. He's not, like I said, he is not a trained professional. <laughs> and I was just, and everybody else in the club was like, yeah, that's a no. I'm not sitting by him. And early in the morning, it looked like a flamethrower. Sure. Like it was like, sure. it was breathing mm -hmm. fire. So that was pretty, that yeah, was pretty sketchy. The whole other element of <laughs> is like the burn speed of the powder you know so you have some powders that we, we call it time to peak so you're like i said boom goes off there's a pressure build and then that pressure releases right. how fast is that pressure spike how fa how so fast that's, so that's, that's a... your time to peak okay so if it's getting there slower burning powders may peak fast like they're going to take this is microseconds sure right? of but, course you know, it but it's still time a little bit longer to get there rather than a real sharp so that you think like um um certain gunpowders like trap loads have kind of a higher burn speed powder okay. than a heavy ounce and three eighths ounce and a quarter steel load that we're trying to light off right because if we put that fast powder we're trying to push this bigger payload than a one ounce trap load so we don't need that we're not going to spike it as quickly right? right so what that guy's probably using real slow burning powder and you're, you're seeing a bunch of unburned powder just burning off there's no doubt like we were like watching like something dangerous about to happen so i was like i was out of that so yeah. so then talk about like so this is something that i don't really know about you said it is like so minuscule on the on the time but what about what about the the burning what's the thought process there on the like you said, time to peak. Like, mm -hmm. do you, you want a slower burning powder on a bigger? It kind of depends. Um, you'll naturally have to get that way just because to deal with the pressure. If you try to shove, you know, imagine shoving water through a funnel. Sure. No matter what, you can only get so much through the funnel at one time. Right. If you put too much in there, it's always going to splash over the top. That's right. right. Rather than that's right. You know, go in. So that's kind of the that's a rough analogy. But yeah, but you can, you can get it. I can understand it's, that though. It's the same. So we we'll use at, at federal we've always used kind of a slower burning powder and it, you know you get a little bit elongated pressure curve but that gave us with a hot primer so a hot primer is going to help you ignite this slower burning powder a little better right and for us that gave us real repeatable ballistics the byproduct of slower burning powder is that your shells are you know you, you get a little more burn powder it might be a little dirtier so federal world if any time i work anywhere people tell me your shells are dirty and so we kind of have for every load we'll have probably four or five powder alternates just like pick up a reloading manual like you know spear hornaday whoever inside there you got a rifle powder one and then two or three more selections that sure. you can use we're we're no different as an ammo manufacturer so we have one primary that we really love sure and then we'll have some alternates if we can't get powder number one we got to go to powder number two if we can't right. get powder number three you know or you know the lot isn't shooting in how we want you know we'll go to lot number two of a different burn speed to try to get there 
but you guys a couple of years ago went and changed some powder so it wasn't as dirty and i don't me personally i i don't remember it being very dirty mm -hmm. i've shot in way other ammos when I was younger and coming through and, you know, whatever you can buy or whatever you could afford at the time. You know what I mean? That war was way dirtier. Do you know what I mean? So I, I and I've been shooting blue box for so long that I just like go, I don't, I don't see it as, as a dirty shell because, you know, listen, the way the shotguns are made today and the way they can take it and you don't have to, you know, clean them every time you go, like, I just don't see the buildup on the gun side, you know, that I'm going, oh, this is a dirty ammo, where I could pick five other ammos that yeah, I guarantee you are filthy. Yeah. You and know what I mean? When I mentioned the primer, like American primers are, you know, Federal probably has the hottest primer on the, on the market. Like we use the, the more volatile compounds. Everybody else uses kind of a, a similar lead stiffening. We use basic lead stiffening. Europeans, shot shells, yeah. use a lot of, like, not the hottest primary, what's called single base propellants, which don't burn well at all. And those would be typically our, you know, what we would call filthy. Right. But, like, dirty is such a subjective term, too, right? <laughs> you know, like, I've heard, you know, from on handgun ammo, this brand of this brand of this brand. Right. They're all probably shooting the same powder, you know. It's all probably the same recipe. So there's there's just a lot that goes into it, whether you know one lot of powder is that powder, but you know it might burn slightly different, and we have to adjust the payload because of that lot's coming in this way. Sure. And that may give you a little more unburn, a little less this time. But we do we have put every effort forward to try to you know minimize oh. the amount of unburn powder. You know. Listen, the, where everything used to be, like you said, when steel started to now, I mean it is a hundred percent better. Oh, like it is totally un, it is yeah. night and day because I. Listen, there were the days where you like, steel sucks, this is the worst thing that's ever happened when everything, you know, changed over from lead and, and everybody's trying to do the whole steel thing and it was like, there was, there was not obviously as much knowledge and research and development and years of going, hey, this is what we need to do. So I think like you said, like right now where it's at, it's in a really good place. Like you, you cannot complain about what's on the market of what you can shoot today. Yeah. You no, know what I mean, there's no way. Yeah, and, and, and like on ammo side and gun side too. You know, I think there's no doubt. Yeah. It's we're peaking. Mm -hmm. Pretty. It really does feel. You know, we after we talk about innovation and what we can do, and like, you know, we really on a lot of these things, we're tri we're tripping at the edges. You know, to try to find what's that next little percentage that we can get. <laughs> you know, because. You know, we're ninety four percent of the way there. You know, we're, so we're I talk about it all the time on the decoy side. Like, like, listen, we are like, we are as close as we can be on how good a decoy can look. We are like scraping, like you said. We are at the edge of like what's next. Like, what can you do? Like, there's always little improvements and stuff like that. But, but those huge improvements like that stuff has all been like mm -hmm. that's already done yeah we're you know on a, from on a i would say on a firearms setting we're kind of at like what's the next system and that next system is going to be you know a very bold or very different firearm system yeah you know compared to what we're working with today yeah but that technology isn't it isn't quite there yet so we keep working with what we got so let's go let's talk like some pellet counts on like 20 gauge because sure. a lot of folks like oh my god the 20 gauge market has exploded um 
I, and and I'm, I'll talk about some 20 gauge stuff in a little because I hunt with a couple guys who only shoot 20s and whatever. So what's like three inch twos on a on a 20? Yeah, so like you're probably looking at one ounce load. Yeah. You know, so you go, it's an 125 pellets versus okay. your ounce and an eighth. It was 141. Gauge, so 141. So right. Six, you know, that's a 16 change. Right. So which isn't a lot, right? Yeah. And so then, it's right. It's not. It's not a ton, mm -hmm. but you're talking about. You know, you're talking about the size of the pellets. Like, are they the are they so twos? You know, so that's it's twos. It's it's pellet for pellet. Mm -hmm. So you're just talking about a little less, mm -hmm. and then you're talking about the same speed, right? Yeah. So if you look at like like in in a blue box WF load, right? You know, you're going that's 1550 as well, right? So you're so you're just losing some you're, pellets. You're losing some pellets. So then our recoil discussion came in. You're probably gonna have a little less recoil. That's so right. Cover. That might be compensated, but the frame of your gun might be smaller because yeah. it's not 12 gates. So you're probably kind of shooting on par. So in our bloop, in the uh, WF or the speed shock, sure. loads, we have the faster load in Black Cloud. It's a little slower. I think we're at 1350. You know, so right. that's going to be. That's so it, that's a. So that, if you went from your 20 gates, 13, from your 1550 12 gates to your 1350 20 gates, your shooting experience, you would then you would probably start seeing your difference in the lead. Really, I would be a mess, out. especially as you know. Yeah. Ten yards, no big deal. Twenty yards, right there. Thirty. That's, yards, we're starting to get to the edge of our decoy spread. Now you're then changed. Now you, that's where you're going to have to start to accommodate, and you'll find that you know people who shoot a lot, they'll, they'll pick it up, you know, relatively quickly, but right out the gate, you know. It, you're gonna have problems. Take you, might take you a couple. Well, and then talk about you know you talk about crossing birds, right? Mm -hmm. Like right to left, left to right, like fast birds. Let's talk about divers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ripping through. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? Or something like or teal. Mm -hmm. Like at that point, you are really handicapped on that mm -hmm. because you're a mess. Because you're talking about going that slow. Now you got to get you know twice as far, three times as far ahead. Of that bird because it's going three times faster than the mallard that was just kind of yeah, sailing through sure. right so now you're now you're really stuck in a bind so that's what i said so there that i mean there's yeah. there's a lot that goes into that so but i mean 20 gauge we've seen more growth in waterfall 20 gauge in the past 10 years than yeah know, than almost any other category yeah um yeah, and it's just kind of weird how things jump on and in upland you know 16 gauge is all the rage and has been sure for, for like 10 sure years. What about, let's talk like, cause I talked about cranes and TSS. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about TSS because that seems to be like something that everybody wanted to go and make. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody's chasing that, that TSS model, let's call it. So let's talk about that. Like what's, what's the, What's the word I want to start with? Like, what's the big deal, or what's the advantage why would you of TS? Want it even? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, why do you? Why do I want to spend that much sure. on something like that? Like, I know the value of it as far as like, I want to shoot that because I know it is like a solid smash on a big bird, like a crane mm -hmm. or or a giant honker. You know what I mean? I know what it can do, the value in the field. Yeah. Right. So, so give me some information on like why somebody would want to go and shoot that. Sure. So think about the, we talked about double B's before, right? Right. So let's say I got an ounce and a quarter of double B's that I'm going to shoot. I got 90 pellets. Okay. Okay. 
We've got a Black Cloud TSS load, which has got number seven tungsten super shot. Yep. And some double Bs in it, and they're in there together. Um, for people who don't know what like what is TSS, you know, yeah, go ahead. metals are a density game. Yes. Right? So it's 7.6 grams per cc density in steel. So if you got a one centimeter by one centimeter by one centimeter cube and you weigh it, 7.6 grams. Okay. Um, bismuth would be 9.6, lead would be 11, and then tungsten can start anywhere from 10 to 18, depending on how much iron you mix with it. Right. So like a heavy 12 from Heavy Shot or Windmaster HD from Remington would be 12. Okay. And then tungsten Super Shot is 18. It's about as close to raw tungsten as you can come out of the ground. So, I mean, that's blowing away yeah. lead. Yeah. Because so lead's at what? What did you say? 11. 11. So it's like, you know, twice as dense as lead almost. So you think like, Two, two things flying at the same speed, the denser one's gonna hit an awful lot harder. There's right? no doubt. We, in Black Cloud TSS, so, but just think about it, because it is denser, when you weigh it, gravity affects it more. Sure. So to get one ounce of, like an ounce of steel, yes. I'm, I'm exaggerating, yeah, yeah. like this, sure. an ounce of heavy of TSS, it only takes that much to fill it up. Right. right? So inside your shell, we got all this space that right. we have to fill. So we said, well, if we can duplex loads, it's just those hand loaders we're doing with TSS for waterfalls, they're putting, and then they're filling the space with steel. Right. Because, so we did an ounce and a quarter by pellet count. 60% um, of that is, is steel and 40% is, uh, is tungsten the tungsten super shot. Right. So our ounce and a quarter, a long way around, our ounce and a quarter, regular three inch double B is gonna be 90 pellets. Right. By putting sevens, Tungsten super and shot BBs. and steel BBs together. Those two, even though it's much smaller, have about the same energy when they hit something. Uh, we've just jumped our pellet count up to 145. So you've really rounded out the, the pattern yourself. So you're getting BB performance in the payload that we can load it to, but a much fuller pattern. So the BBs are just regular steel. Yep. And then the sevens are the tungsten super shot. So if we had a race on the BBs in the, the sevens, right? coming down at the same they, they, speed. They, they fly roughly together. Yeah. If we were to change that, if we were to say like sevens and four steel or two, we would start to see a discrepancy, which is why we pick threes and nines and sevens and double Bs because they There's have an actual, the same mass. Well, you know, and because- Not mass, the same energy flying at the same speed. Well, and because folks would ask like, well, why the hell would they pick like BBs and sevens or threes and nines like, because I, I will say that three and nine combo is ridiculous. That's what we were shooting on the cranes. And I would just see a flat out, like you know when you would hit them. Mm -hmm. Like it was a done deal. It was just a light switch out. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. So as far as speed and going down range, that's why you picked those two. That's why they fly, that's why that, because they, so they, flies should, together. they should hang together as they fly. You can go like your ultimate, if you want to go ultimate, to me, like I think a, a, an ounce and an eighth of like number seven shot or an ounce and a quarter or number seven shot, like in a super shot. Quarter inch. Yeah. Like we load out of our custom shop. We've yeah. done, we do some of this, just hundred percent TSS loads. Oh my God. The, you know, there's a big price tag attached to them, but sure. I mean, you got a lot of pellets, ton of energy. And I mean, that'd be kind of the ultimate. So what kind of, what kind of speed would that run at? You could put it if at, it was just yeah. So if you were to do, if you wanted to match like that double B load and get the most, you could put it at around that fourteen hundred, fourteen fifty, depending on. It's like you know, if you went up to an ounce and three eighths, you'd have to slow it down a sure. little more. But like the big kicker on oh TSS and why it's done well, you know, we, we do so much in Turkey, 
and you know, that's really where it's. <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you got the smaller pellets, like the nine shot, yep. the same energy as a three, but you've tripled your payload. So you got yes. all these more pellets, which makes it mean, okay, so I got so many more pellets. If I go from an ounce and a quarter down to a one ounce, say, I still got a ton of pellets. And now right. I can go in the smaller payload that's going to give me way less recoil, far more comfortable to shoot. And now a 410 is a viable goose gun, right? Or a 28 gauge, you know, and that's so the, the, the tungsten technology, I think, is helping us drive a lot of the sub gauge. There's no doubt. Things. There's no doubt of this. I mean, look what it did on the turkey side. Like, you know, you're seeing all these guys, you know, not that you couldn't do it before. But now you're seeing like flat out guys like throttle a turkey at mm -hmm. 30 yards with a 410 yeah. and it's lights out. Mm -hmm. Like there's no nothing. Yeah, like like you're seeing that. Like, you know, listen, like when I when I had Cole, when I had my son first start hunting, it was like we're going to start on the single shot 410 because we're going for safety. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We're doing all that. And I, I would see him like. Like we're gonna land some birds and he's gonna, you know, shoot them. And he I would watch him shoot the 410 and just like put it right over the bird and the bird would just like shake it off and go. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you know, and then I find I, I remember like when it when it came out, I remember calling JJ at the office and I go, listen, I don't know what I need to do, but I need 410 TSS. And I need some here like now for waterfowl season because I wanted him to like kill a bird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was shooting right on top. You'd see him hit him and the birds would just shake it off and go. And I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I'm ruining his confidence because he's there. You know what I mean? So the TSS literally changed that whole thing for him and gave him some confidence. You know, and he wasn't, you know, he was running a single shot. It's like it's not like he was running three shells and burning it up every time. Yeah. And, and I'm going... You know, I'm seeing, you know, dollar signs just like ejecting. Have you shot ducks with the 410 stuff? I have not shot ducks with the yeah. 410 TSS. I'm just like, I just haven't done it. That would be interesting for you because when I sent it to people who shoot a lot like you, you know, if you were, and we know a lot of our turkey loads are getting translated into. They definitely loads, are. Right? They definitely so, are. So that's like 1,100 feet per second. So you go yes. from 1,500 to 11. Your lead. And somebody told me, he goes, man, I had to lead him like crazy. You know, oh, you know? I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even imagine <laughs> doing that. That's why I said, like, on the turkey stuff, it'd be yeah. easy because, like, you know, they're not, they're, well, sometimes you got to clip one on the run if you really have to. But, you know, yeah, if you shoot one and one's running. They're fairly stationary, <laughs> you know, when you're. So I've had instances where, you know, you call two in and, you know, the first guy shoots it and then the other one's standing there mm -hmm. and he takes off and you're like, well, I'm going to give her a go That's and right. just let it fly. <laughs> so, but I think, I think that has totally come over from the turkey side to the waterfowl side because I, I remember even Steve and Stevie at the Rogers office like going, hey, I want TSS to sell during waterfowl season because this is pretty cool and guys need to shoot this. And then like, and then like you guys built some stuff and it like was gone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that went nuts. Mm -hmm. So I think that's added a whole new, you know, a whole new side of what's going on in the ammo market which like you said like what's what's next what's yep. like the next big thing and, and obviously it was like the tss right so so that's the next thing and it's always trying to improve on what's out there and give you know another option or you know you're trying to you're trying to you know talk about all the time build a better mousetrap like 
it's faster, it's cleaner, it's mm-hmm. you know less recoil, yeah, like whatever. You're always trying like, to do we're something. Like, what are our next frontiers? And like, well, we could design a new wad, but what what do we want that wad to do? All right, do we want it to open up? Does it need to open up faster? Does it need to open up slower? Is it right. pushing? Are we trying to push range more? I I feel like we're almost trying to come back a little bit. Where for a, for a while it was like range, 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 range. And now it's kind of like, hey, what, you know, and I'm, I'm a big pusher of this in turn. I'm like, let's call the ducks into our decoys and shoot, oh, them, buddy, and shoot them in the face, right? Because it ultimately comes down to, you know, whether that, having the right equipment to bring the birds where you need them. Yeah. Or having the right ammo to give you the energy you need at the ranges that you're at. You know, it's to be more lethal or to be more effective is gonna to start to have more of a price tag to it, right? Right. Better decoys cost money. Better gear to keep you warm costs money. Always. Right? Better shotguns gonna cost money. But I think in ammo you will see typically as that price tag starts to go up, your hit count will get better. Yeah. You know, you'll start to drop more birds. So then it just kind of becomes what's that value proposition to you? Or do you want to spray and pray and you know, <laughs> you know, you're gonna you're gonna you know, ethically retrieve three quarters of the birds you put down? Or can we get that percentage higher so we're getting them all coming in with a buck or two more box. I personally didn't like the section, which was only a few years ago, of pushing the limits of how far can we shoot. Mm -hmm. Because that to me was like disheartening on the sport. You know what I mean? Because I'm 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 one hundred percent exactly what you're talking about. And listen, I understand there's other people who are like Listen, I hunt public. I do this. I have a duck club. I, you know, we're going to all these places. Like I've done it all. So I'm not like the, you know, let's say I'm not the high fun, high fence snob who, you know, is only shooting like penned birds. You know what I mean? Or a penned animal. Like that's not me. Like we're running and gunning everywhere. So I don't care where I'm at. I still want to put the birds as close as I can get them. Like I don't care. And if I don't finish them, like if we get to start shooting a little tall, like I'll, I'll do that. But I'm not that 50, 60 yard guy that's like, I need range, a long range. I need longer range. I need like the longest range. Yeah. Ammo. You know what I mean? Like when it was going that route, like I really was like, I was like, man. And then all the chokes started with, you know, you could stretch out and you could shoot them at 90 and you're, you know, you're doing all this. And I'm like, I'm like, that's not what this is all about. Like, that's not the sport that, that we're in. And listen, I get it. If you're on a management area and if you don't take them at 50 on this turn or 45, you know, the guys over here at 90 are going to just shoot at them. Like, like, listen, I feel the pain. I've Mm -hmm. seen it. And I, I know that route, but if everybody kind of pulled back a little bit and said, Hey, let's try to get them a little bit closer and then let's let's gear our marketing and stuff to that. get them close yeah. kill them close you know let's not have the cripples like you're you're going to have cripples you just are but let's like minimize the loss let's say on the the game side you know what i mean like let's let's minimize that like let's put it back to you know a real sport and pushing hard on ethics and and shooting close and like just doing all that like yeah. I, I don't know. Like think, I've always been on that that side ever since we started, because that's how I learned. Like that's how I was taught. Like my dad, my grandfather. You know, you'd walk for pheasants when we were younger in in Pennsylvania, or we were shooting geese, and everything was like get it as close as you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was kind of taught by like you know, friends. You know, I had one older older mentor, my friend's uncle, who you know took me goose hunting for the first time. <laughs> took me out in the water. You know, I'm hunting in the, with an older guy, not just some 16 year old kids. 
couple mallards come in, land yeah. right in front of us, and I'm standing there kind of waiting, and he just looks at me and he goes, we'll shoot them. <laughs> I get it. So I'm like, oh, you know, this what you do. So I kind of I kind of traveled this, you know, just do whatever you got to do to get a bird, sky bus, whatever. And then you kind of learn, like, as you get better. Well, boy, sure. if we do this and we, like, actually get them in, boy, it sure gets a lot better. So from an ammo side, I, I like knowing that we, we, we have the ability to push the envelope and mainly from a forgiveness standpoint. You call the shot long, you, you know, not because we intentionally did so, but it gave us some forgiveness. Right? It gives you some leeway. You know, yes, yeah, it gives you a buffer. They're busting out and, you know, you got that, you got to take that Hail Mary to try to get the last one of the flock down. But, you know, ultimately it's about getting more birds on the table so that we can, you know, we can keep the sport going, we can feed ourselves and, and have a good time doing it. Yeah. And I don't know, it feels like it is kind of turning. You know, the other way. I, I think it's, it is. It's the struggle of like pushing technology though too. Like, you know, what is making ammo better usually means making it more range. Right, you could stretch, so. right? It does a lot more. It's got more characteristics. It has more of a plus side, right? Yeah. So like you said, like I said, it's it's cleaner, it's faster, it's like what, like you just go through everything, you know what I mean? You could stretch it farther, like everything about that. But I, I think it is, and, and everybody kind of backed off that and now I think you are right. Like it's making the turn to come back to, you know, let's get them close. Like, yeah, the ammo can do that. Like, if you need to do that, you know what I mean? Like, listen, some days the snow geese piss you off to no end where you're like, you know what? We're going to take them tall because, like, we've had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we just spent two we, hours putting we out. get something, right? You know, you do want to get something. <laughs> we just spent two hours putting out, mm -hmm. you know, 2,000 rags, <laughs> you know, socks and, and whatever else. And you're like, you know, this is the third day of it. And you're like, you know what? I think we need to stretch it a little. Like, yes, you have the technology to kind of do that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But, like, you also need to be, you know, I always, I always talk about this. Like, there is... I'm not a tall shooter. I'm not a great tall shooter because I don't shoot that much like that. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple guys that I hunt with, Brad Fenson, who's up in Canada. Brad is probably one of the best tall shooters that I've seen. Yeah. Because, and it's not about, it's not even about practice and doing that. He knows his lead. Mm-hmm. No matter, and he knows his distances because listen, the, there's some times where guys are shooting and I think the problem is they don't know their distances. You know what I mean? That's a huge thing. You're like, birds come in and you're like, you're like, oh, why don't we take them? And I'm like, bro, they're like four at 45. What do you mean? Why don't we take, like, I want them at 25. Like, what are you talking about? Oh no, that was, that was 30. That was easy. Thir and I'm like, walk it off. And they walk out and they're like close to 50. I'm like, see, I'm like. You don't know your 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 distance, so that's one thing. But he knows his distance and his lead, and if you can chop those two things, then he's got it licked. Yeah, like he knows what to do. So good I've seen him test. Yes, good shooters, right? There's and no that's doubt. A, that's a, a part of it. I think good vision, good depth perception, and you know, like some of the supporting place guys I know. I was on dove hunt. And, you know, we're just banging away at, you know, high dubs for, you know, half the day. And then you wait for them to come out at the sure. end and just, you know, clean up if you're not done by then. And, you know, like my boss, Jesse Whiteside, great sporting clay shooter. I think he limited out on dubs in 18 shots where the rest of us were two boxes in. Right, we're chipping away. You know, I'm sitting on six. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, he, he's got that. He's, he's like a brand. You know, he's really got that good feel for it. And Kyle from Weatherby, I've seen him. Like, so I've seen both Brad and Kyle use TSS. And, you know, 
stretch the limits of TSS to 80 plus and knock something down mm -hmm. stone dead. Like that I've seen. So can it do it? Yeah. Do they do it often? No. Is there a time where they just go, I'm going to take a poke and see, mm -hmm. you know, and I we always joke, uh, David Draper, who's another uh, writer. I remember we were up in Canada one time and he, he was like, I'm going to take a poke at these snows that come over again. And I was like, bud, go for it. And, and sure as heck, he stands up, gets his lead right. I don't know if that's the one he was aiming for. So don't, I don't, I don't know that for sure, but he shoots and one just crumples out of the group and comes down. And he's like, he's like, I was like, that was, I said, I don't know what lead you put on that, or even if that's the one you were shooting for. And he was like, I put two canoes on him. <laughs> so, so, so that's like always the joke. Like, you know. How many canoes did you get? I'm telling you, because if you know it, like you said, if you know it and you know all that stuff, you can do it. But yes, good shooters can shoot anything, anytime. They know their environment and they know the ballistics and what they need to do. So, I mean, my thing to everybody, you know, that's kind of listening to this, watching this, doing whatever, like either like go through your details and your information and what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. what are you hunting for? What are you going to shoot mostly? And, and, and your situations, you know, and dial yourself into a winning category, meaning that you know, you're familiar with the shotgun you're shooting and you're staying with the choke that you're shooting, right? And then you go to your ammo and like, oh, we're gonna shoot big geese, so I'm gonna do this. And listen, if you change your choke and your ammo at the same time, like as long as you know what it's doing yeah. and you're comfortable and can mm -hmm. get it, like go for it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just don't change stuff to change stuff. Like, oh, we're hunting big geese, so I'm changing my choke and my ammo. Mm -hmm. but. Maybe you didn't even change anything or you changed it for the worse, right? Yeah, and you, so, you, you'll find, you know, there's sweet combos that you'll find. No right? doubt. Your gun with this choke and that load, and that might be a shot size bigger or smaller than your normal is, right? That's right. Or you'll shoot, you know, you spent 150 bucks on a Pattern Master or whatever, or some other gun, and then the factory choke coming out of your Benelli's just lights out. You know, sometimes that, that happens. So don't, you know, it's like if you yes. don't be married to a a piece of gear if your piece of gear isn't going to give you the best performance that's what i'm saying and this is the off-season stuff and try this or do, or even while you're if like listen if you get out and hunt a bunch like listen try try whatever yeah. you need to try mm -hmm. and get yourself into the right position so you can you know do more and you know kill more birds you know kill them cleanly and do the whole deal like there's like you said there's a million options but there's so much right now out there yeah and the technology is just through the roof that like this day and age and all the videos and all the information like you, dude you can't if you can't get it right now mm -hmm. like you're just being lazy because there is so much There's to learn out there. Yeah. like this was all like guesswork back in the day mm -hmm. like you're just like yeah i i shoot three and quarter two and three quarter inch fives and i know i i, I kill them that's what i'm shooting yep you know what i mean and i shoot it out of the old model 12 or something you know whatever it is right and and i'm killing them but now there's just so many factors and so many things that you can add and put in that it's just. Yeah. And I think like just to dilute it down and like what can you do to be the best shooter with no matter what ammo you're, you're picking. Take your shotgun, take your choke tube, take your load, get a big old piece of cardboard, put a mark in the center, 30, 40 yards, yep. shoot it at each one of those distances and just see what your pattern's doing. Because at first, you're, you know, maybe your gun shoots high. 
and you had no listen idea. you had no idea there's no doubt yeah so do that and then you know find pick that pick a load and hunt with it a while yep. and then try another load and you'll find the one you know and sometimes not even rational like you know we're we're shooting black cloud threes today probably the best i've ever shot with any load is black cloud threes for whatever reason you know it, it, and maybe it it's all fits in, you maybe it, it's all up here but i just feel like if that's what I'm shooting, I, I know you're gonna you're gonna go right. right, and that's it. Might be listen. This is a mental game as well. Mm-hmm. Like it might be yeah, mental. Absolutely. You know, yeah, it, like listen. When you're shooting like mm-hmm. crap, you go into the you go into it. It is mental. You go in the toilet and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you just gotta shake it off and come back. So it is mental for sure. So yeah, I think you just gotta get dialed in. And then if you're gonna pattern on the board, I always tell guys pattern on the water too like yeah. put a jug out mm-hmm. put something out or even just shoot on the water at a spot yeah, and see your shot string so you can really see mm-hmm. or while you're hunting like say hey i'm going to shoot the next cripple because i want to see what i'm doing and then i'm going to try this shell and i'm going to try this shell so you really mm-hmm. see what it's doing su- on the water you'll be surprised oh yeah. it's an eye opener mm-hmm. because listen you could look at the pattern board all you want and you're like well it all got here at the same time mm-hmm. well no it didn't yes. <laughs> it's all on the paper mm-hmm. at one time sure mm-hmm. <laughs> But when you see it live and on the water, that is the biggest tell, I think. So I always tell guys, make sure you check that. So listen, tons of information out there. Uh, if you want any kind of info, you know, hit up Federal, hit up Heavy Shot, hit up Remington, all the ammo manufacturers that you guys have at Vista. You can check, like there is so much information. Like you can go to YouTube, like you can go countless places. You can go on the choke tube side. You can go through all the chokes that are out there and what's there. You can go on the gun side. Like there is so much information right now to get dialed in. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't be. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying yeah, it's all you there. Definitely got, you you got to do your homework. You can, get, you can get started a lot easier than it was back in the day. No doubt. Sure. Dan Compton from Federal. Bro, thanks. Appreciate Big it. Big <laughs> if you need more info, like I said, hit them up. Hit us up. FABrand.com. Go to the YouTube channel. Uh, hit us up on social, like whatever you need to do. We're fabrand.com.ca up in Canada. You can find us in all our international distributors throughout Europe. So if you need something, you just hit us up and we're always on social answering questions. So if you need us, whatever, just yeah. holler at Dan yeah, and the guys. On Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Um, hit them up. Uh, federalpremium.com. There you go. Appreciate you checking it out.